Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, 007 and Fast 9 move once again. It's time for our fall gaming preview. And is it time to join the Gangs of London? All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the pop culture cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from pop culture cosmos game source inside sports, fantasy football, and the Lakers fast break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, support, throw out some of those gaming stars at us, Facebook style, it is truly appreciated. But it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without my good friend. He's our own monster hunter for pop culture cosmos. You got to check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com. Also, his great podcast, the Super BS Gamescast and Topicocalypse, plus his awesome book, which I'm actually going to go ahead and share some thoughts later in the program on. Finally, congratulations, you suck. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, man? What's up? You know, so... Nintendo Switch just made a few Monster Hunter announcements, and funny how that you know, looking is. Looking at it, funny how that happens. You know, I'm, I'm I don't know if it's going to coincide with the film or not, but it makes me like want to go back and play those Monster Hunter games. But at the same time, I know that I'm going to go back and play those, and then I'm not going to finish them. I'll get like two hours in. How it always is with JRPGs for me. You know, I, I guess Monster Hunter is Final Fantasy esque in the fact that it is a jrpg with western you know sold to western audiences but anyways yeah i I'm, I'm like pumped on monster hunter right now but then i know that i'll probably not be pumped here soon well the reason why we're talking monster hunter is is a new teaser trailer dropped for monster hunter which got moved up as far as the release schedule in an almost unheard of move right now for movies so we'll talk about that coming up here in a few minutes plus also as well we're talking gangs of london which just debuted on AMC. It's actually been out a few months over on Sky Television and Cinemax and things of that nature, but this came out to AMC, and I'm going to share some thoughts on it. I think Josh will really like this series, and I think he really needs to check it out because it has a lot of elements that I think he will like, and we'll talk about that coming up here in a bit. It's time, Josh, for our fall gaming preview. We're going to go ahead and rattle off all the different things that are coming this fall to video games and last but not least 
congratulations, you suck. I've read a little bit of it now, so I'm going to share some initial thoughts on it coming up later in the program. You don't have to run and hide when I do so, Josh. It's okay. It's okay. But first, my friend, I want to talk about the movies getting delayed. Because shock upon all shockers, and I'm being totally sarcastic when I say that, more movies got delayed this week, which seemingly happens every week. And the ban that Marcus De La Garza, who co-hosts the PCC Multiverse right now for you, has said he would go ahead and put a ban on, and I told him just to scrap it because it seemingly we will talk about this every single week. Fast and Furious 9 has been pushed back to April, and No Time to Die has also been pushed back into 2021. Normally, you would say Fast and Furious 9, with its worldwide audience, is going to be the bigger of the two, although both have had over billion-dollar movies. But the, the, of the two movies, the more impactful is No Time to Die because of the fact that it was so heavily relied upon in the UK that Cineworld, who owns many, many theaters in the UK and also runs the Regal Cinemas here in the United States, has decided to shut down, mostly off of the announcement of No Time to Die getting canceled. So I want to hear your thoughts, my friend. I want to hear your thoughts on what's going on with No Time to Die and Fast and Furious 9, because as you and I both know, Fast and Furious 9 is going to have a huge worldwide audience. So, I mean, the the James Bond thing was, they've been talking about it for a while. I honestly didn't think they would do it, mostly because... James Bond movies have traditionally come out closer to the, you know, sometime in the fall months. And so I'm looking at it now and I, I'm thinking, I know we, we've talked about this a lot. We have, we've had many discussions on like the reopening process of movie theaters, what that's going to look like. When are people going to go back to the theaters? And, you know, one factor I never really did consider until I started reading about all this is the fact that if these studios keep delaying the reopening process, because let's look at it this way. Tenant, right? Tenant has made what forty-five million dollars somewhere in that. It's made three hundred million. Year. Just eked out. It just eked out over three hundred million. It does not look, even upon your initial estimations and mine as well, that it would get anywhere close to four hundred million dollars at this point because it almost got beat out by Hocus Pocus. Uh, I mean, right now they haven't even reported the numbers, and Hocus Pocus actually won the weekend so far until Warner Brothers released their numbers. And Hocus right, Pocus right. came so, out how many years ago? A long time ago. Yes. Back when, uh, yeah. Anyways, so <laughs> yes, yeah. So that, that what you know, what I'm trying to say is that, like, at this point, it feels like there are two paths they can take. Right? They can take the path of just letting these movies go into theaters and like creating this this culture where eventually people will be okay going back to the movie theaters. If the movie is big enough, people it'll pull people in, and then they're going to have to maybe hope on you know getting more returns via like VOD or when the movie gets released on home video, or you know, and I hadn't thought about this till the James Bond situation happened, and we saw you know Edwards is is closing down a, a ton of theaters, and uh, you know I didn't think about this this point of it was the fact that like the more that we wait, right, the more that these production companies keep pushing these productions back there might not be any movie theaters left to release to. And like, that is an issue outside of coronavirus or, well, I mean, it's caused by coronavirus, but like, that's an issue that like I had never thought about before. Cause you look at Edwards, they're closing a bunch of theaters. AMC 
has repeatedly been in the news associated with the word bankruptcy. So, I mean, they, you know, even like reading these articles, AMC responding to the no time to die fiasco, it's the fact that like, they don't have enough money to just hang in the air for that long. You know, I know Chris Nolan and somebody else is like petitioning Congress to save movie theaters, but if they keep pushing back and back, even if Congress were to give them money, it would not guarantee that they would still be able to stay open until these big studios are ready to let these movies finally go into theaters. And everybody's asking for money right now. The airlines industry is again asking for a lot of money. There's so many industries out there that are asking, you know, United States government for money at this point in time. It's hard to prioritize which one do you go ahead and give money out to because right now even the United States government cannot give everyone or every industry out there the money they need to survive at this point. We just it's just only a limited amount of funds. There's just only so much they can do. Right. And because of that, like there's no guarantee Congress will be able to give money to the theaters. So here is the scenario now is either they have to find some happy medium, whether that's releasing some in theaters, like the theaters that are open and then putting some out on VOD, like splitting up where the profit's coming from. That would be one option or they're really throwing the dice here and taking a big risk knowing that hey, if I push these movies, you know, Disney's been doing this a lot. They pushed a lot of their stuff back to the, um, 2021, you know, 20, late, 2022. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we go there and we say, what, if we wait until next, you know, March or June to put these, these movies out, one, there's no guarantee that this whole, you know, coronavirus fiasco is going to be over. And two, there might not be any theaters still open. There might not be any theaters for us to put these movies into. And I think that is the bigger issue that is not getting considered here. And you um, wonder, I know there's... Well, I was going to say this, and you wonder when everything does get better, how many of these theaters can reopen quickly and how many won't reopen at all? Yes, yes, especially that. So, and think about this, like, you have all these people are complaining about, I know Universal had reached some kind of contract conclusion with AMC, and I think Edwards was part of that, where they said, hey, you can have these movies, and two weeks later, we're going to put them out on a VOD format. That seems like the proper path at this point. But you have these studios like Marvel and uh, Warner Brothers who are absolutely refusing to put at least the bigger movies out on VOD services. And instead, they're delaying them. You know, or, and it's, or they're it's doing sad. what Milan did. And Mulan, which, according to Nielsen, just barely eked into the top 10 as far as interest and attendance. But remember, it's $30 a pop. So yeah. they might have made maybe three four hundred of that million dollars back by doing so but that's still a big loss for them because of the fact that it tanked so much and so hard in china which is something i know that they weren't expecting yes i know yeah and there's a lot of like political stuff with mulan in china also which i think had a big effect on it but again like you look at this even say coronavirus everyone's like super comfortable they're, they're so comfortable just going back to the movies come february or march you put out Wonder Woman, there is no guarantee that it is even going to make any of its money back. There's no guarantee that movie theaters are going to be the culture that they once were, just because you'll have people that are like, yeah, I, I totally want to go see this. And then you'll have people who are like, yeah, I still just don't want to go. It's not a fact of being uncomfortable. It's just a fact that they're being cautious, you know? So I don't know, man. Like, it feels like these production companies are making some dangerous moves here. 
instead of just like having a conversation with like movie theaters and there's a lack of market research, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I, th I feel like there is a way out of this, but it's not being approached in the right way. No, but again, there's a lot of uncertainty on how best to approach it, my friend, because I mean, nobody seems to have the right answer at this point in time without losing hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, a lot of these movie companies are are going to gamble on, okay, let's put Black Widow out in 2021. Hopefully things will get better. If it doesn't get better by then, we'll just delay it again. These AAA movies are going to be the cornerstone for the most part of what rebounds the movie industry if and when there's a period of time that these movies can release on the air. I mean, let's put it like that. I mean, I understand that there's going to be a period of time where we're just going to be bombarded with a lot of either double A or triple A movies back to back to back to back to back once people start going to the theaters once again. And if that's the case, it's going to be a rough time for a lot of people because they're going to have a hard time deciding which one to go see. But I will tell you this, I think that's what they're going to take the risk on most of these companies is that, okay, I will take the risk on having a triple A movie come out later on and making hopefully more money, even though there'll be other AAA movies like released the week before and week after, there's that great possibility, other than going ahead and just releasing it now or in early 2021 where I could have no audience at all. Yeah, I mean, there's really no correct way to go about this. You know, you look at Tenet, I guess Tenet has made some money, hasn't made a lot. I'd be curious to know how much it made if they were to put it out via VOD. I mean, there's still a great demand for it on VOD, but the, the allure, the attraction of not doing it right in the moment probably has hurt them as well. Yeah, exactly. And also look at like Warner Brothers, look at their DC films, the Marvel films. Like, yeah, you can wait till 2021, but again, there might not be any theaters open to go out to. And, and that's kind of, that could limit audiences as well, or they can just keep pushing it back and eventually that's going to be such a big loss for them that they're, they're going to be in hot water regardless. So I don't know. It's just, it's been interesting to read about all this stuff. Absolutely has been interesting. And it's something we'll keep focusing on because I mean, this is all part of the news in 2020 and 2021 going forward is movies getting shifted around time in time out weekend week out. And we want to hear your thoughts out there on all these movies being shifted around and around and continuously put back, put back, put back. Is this something that bothers you? Or do you agree with these movie companies that are out there that are just saying, hey, we got to do what's financially best for the film. And we think holding off our films for now is the best answer going forward. What are your thoughts on all this going on with the release dates moving back and back for all these AAA films? Share us your thoughts. Pop Culture Cosmos at yahoo.com hey this is chad from ghost toasters and you're listening to pop culture cosmos podcast hey lakers fans looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news information original videos articles podcasts opinion pieces and discussions about the los angeles lakers well look no further than lakerholics.com with a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com.
speaking of movies, there's actually one movie that got pushed up from, I think, an April release to December release. And that is Monster Hunter with a crew that, you know, some people might be familiar with, with Mila Jovovich in the title role as the lead Monster Hunter with her husband, Paul Anderson, directing the film. And the thing is, it's so funny because it just has that look and feel of Resident Evil all over again, which we saw time in, time out, time in, time out. And you can complain all you want about the films, but they made over a billion dollars for Sony. And they were a big hit for Sony. So whether or not it comes out to lukewarm reviews or or things of that nature, there's always going to be an audience for her films, even though, again, she's playing another video game character because Monster Hunter has an appeal. And I think Monster Hunter, although it may not do as well as Resident Evil movies, obviously because of the circumstances, it's still, if it comes out in December, which is still up in the air, I think Monster Hunter can have an effect positively not only for the video game going forward, but also the movie audiences out there that enjoy video game movies. Because popcorn flicks seem to be the theme of the day that's coming to Netflix and all that in here in 2020. Okay, so this is an interesting thing because you look at it historically, Resident Evil films have not cost that much money to no. make and they have all, they've always profited. And the, th- the reason they do that is because most of their budget's being spent on effects, right? As opposed to paying these high actor salaries. So you look at a movie like Monster Hunter, I, 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 I guarantee you, and you, got, you can like quote me on this later if you want, but Monster Hunter releasing in December, they are, in fact, going to make their money back and then some because it's, it's not a high-budget film, and it is something that like people... If it, okay, you, you look at this whole thing, right? You look at the way that the console launches have been for, for video game fans. What we've learned from this is that gamers, they don't mind going out in public whether it's to wait in line or buy a video game or, you know, talk to other gamers. Like they, they seem to be less concerned about contracting something. They're being cautious, but they're less concerned than say like the mom with a family of five. So I think that people are going to go see the monster hunter movie. Do you think they might drop a VOD either same day or shortly thereafter? So that was what I was going to say next is that I, I think that much like they did with Scoob, right? Remember Scoob? I think I had a run in theaters. Yeah, for like so did Bill and Ted. Both them yeah. and Bill and Ted, they dropped same day as in the theaters. They didn't market or actually bank on very much anything in, in the theaters. They were It's mainly VODs, but they did earn a few dollars at the theater. Yes. So Monster Hunter will make some money at the theaters. And it also, can we look up what the budget for this film is real quick? 60 million. So 60 million. Okay, there you go. Well, I was almost $60 on it. 60 million dollars. That's high for them. Yeah, but I mean it's still under 75 million. I yeah. mean they really letting this go on theaters and then releasing on VOD maybe 2 weeks later, it is a perfect recipe to make their money back. And I don't know. I I feel like there's nothing to lose at that point though. What do you think though? Cuz you're the big movie budget guy. You know more about this stuff than I do. Well, I mean it's a lower risk for the movie company to put it out this year. And if they want any returns on any film this year, it's, it's probably a, a safer risk than any, because like you said, it has a $60 million budget. It's got to earn probably close to $200 million in its run in any way, shape or form before it can start earning return. Because the usual hypothesis is a movie has to make three to three and a half times before you can say, it makes money due to not only production costs, but extra contracts, extra fees, paying out to the theater chains themselves, publishing, promotion, things of that nature. 
all those costs need to get weighed in. So a movie doesn't really start to make money in most cases around three and a three and a half times. So people can gauge that. So it needs to make around $200 million, at least in some form or fashion, before you can say, yeah, it's a profit turner. And I think that's an easier get in this day and age, $200 million. It's an easier get for any film these days to get to that level than say like Tenet, which has to make probably seven, 800 million before it sees anything in the black, before Warner Brothers can say, you know what, that movie's in the black because it's turning a profit now at this point. Same thing with the Avengers movies. The Avengers movies, they would have to make seven, 800 million, 900 million dollars before you can say, okay, this movie's gonna make a profit. So for a movie like that, where it's $200 million before it sees itself in the black, before you can go ahead and say, yeah, it's, it's a profitable movie, I think it's an easier get. All these movies that are coming out this this month, as far as those low-budget horror movies that you're probably still going to see, those movies are always a quick little profit turner. And I think under the circumstances, they can still do that as well. Right. And what what I'm getting at here is that if any film were to do okay in these circumstances, I think a film like Monster Hunter would probably be the one. Be the one. Be the one. Monster Hunter might be the one. And I agree with you on that. Plus, with all these other movies getting pushed around, pushed back into 2021, I would not be surprised if more movies right around that time it's getting released in December are going to get pushed back or in November because uh, some of them may be concerned with just going up by Christmas, actually, in order to get Oscar consideration. But others may want to just get pushed back entirely into 2021 and beyond simply because of the fact that there's no real, as we just talked about with the theaters, no real way of you earning a great amount inside the theater. So it may open itself up to a lot of room to have a chance to profit either in the theaters or if it's released simultaneously on VOD, which I have a sneaky feeling that they will do. Wouldn't that be crazy if just because there were no other movies nominated that Monster Hunter somehow sneaks into the best picture category? Goodness, that would be scary. But they're also including all the movies that came out this year on streaming. So if there's any good movies, like The Five Bloods has gotten a lot of acclaim. Palm Springs, which I saw earlier this year, that movie is still thought of very fondly. So there are movies out there that came straight to streaming, which will be considered due to the circumstances the normal circumstances, it had to appear in theaters in New York and L.A. by Christmas. But I think because of the circumstances, the Oscar community has changed those rules due to what's going on with the coronavirus. But it's going to be very interesting to see what's going to go down with Monster Hunter and when it comes out in December. I still think Dune is going to get pushed back, even though we really want to see Dune. I think that movie is not going to stick its landing in December. But that's just me. Very expensive movie, and it has to turn around a nice profit in order to do so. So I'm going to say right now that Dune is going to be out of the way. So that would leave a movie like Monster Hunter just sneak in there and get whatever market share there is at that point in time. Yeah, and you know about Dune, like it's a real shame because like that is December, like that is the perfect time for a movie like that to come out because all the people that you know, grew up reading those books are at that point where like they're probably have a few days off for Christmas. So that's like the perfect time period for that movie to come out. And it would be kind of a shame 
to see that get pushed back though you're you're right it probably will it would have been available around christmas break just but it comes out i think mid-december i think or something like that but yes it is going to be some interesting things that goes on when finally dune comes out but getting back to monster hunter i'm telling you right now monster hunter could be making the best out of a bad situation yeah i mean and i think that a film like that is in prime position to do so because like again you know the resident evil films have been historically profitable and seems like monster hunter though the budget's a little bit higher is still set to do that same thing so even in these current conditions a movie like monster hunter could probably profit at least a little bit absolutely what are your thoughts out there on monster hunter are you excited that it's been one of those rare occasions where a movie gets moved up into December of this year. And it seems like if that's the case, it's going to hold that date in December. What are your thoughts out there on going to check out Monster Hunter at the movies? Or do you think it's going to be released shortly thereafter or maybe even on that date on VOD? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, before we get to the half hour, my friend, and right after that, our fall gaming preview, which we do every year, I want to go ahead and hit you up on this. And you will be excited because I know how much of a fan you are of the old 90s movies with the London gangs and things of that nature. And the gentleman, which you were so excited about earlier this year that unfortunately did not click with audiences. I do. But. Want to, but did you hear that there's a TV show coming out of The Gentleman directed by Guy Ritchie? Well, there you go. Trying to make the best out of a bad situation there. Because <laughs> it was critically panned and didn't do so well at the box office. But hey, there you go. Trying to maximize the dollars right there. Smart man indeed. Gangs of London has just debuted on AMC. Although it's actually something that was shown earlier this year on Sky Television. And then also, I believe, on Cinemax as well. Gangs of London, it's really something very interesting. It's a modern take, similar to what you saw in The Gentleman earlier this year, but I think it's much harder edged. It's less comical. And the director, which is the kicker going to be for Josh, which is why he's going to check this out, is the director, Gareth Evans, of The Raid Redemption. He's actually written a lot of it as well. So I want to hear your thoughts on this. The fight scenes in there, if you get a sneak peek and it's all over the place as far as the footage, in fact, check out IGN's coverage of a certain fight scene in the series. It's very interesting. It's very creative. Obviously, has the fight scenes when it comes to it. There's something that with Gareth Evans, who has that background from one of the best martial arts films of all time in The Raid Redemption, is something that hand-to-hand combat just action galore is something that's going to be very interesting to see. So I'm curious where this series will go. Our friends out there that are playing on radio stations in the UK out there, our good friends out there watching in the UK and listening in the UK, you've already seen the series probably. You already have probably great things to say about it. But us Americans, we're getting it last, getting it later. But you know what? Hey, sometimes good things come to those who wait. So I really loved the raid redemption that's one of my top 25 films of all time so there you go yeah if it doesn't have like an edge of comedy in it i don't know it's it's hard you know guy Ritchie has made these types of films and like they're all funny so it'll be like an interesting twist to see how that's framed into a more serious aspect 
But my question here would be, since he's known for his fight scenes, are there going to be scenes like that in here? Or are we just going to have like a training day situation where it's just like a really dark, gritty gang movie with cops oh, there, in it? There are battles in it. There, I've already seen, if you see the trailer and I've already seen an episode, there is violence that people will be familiar with. Not to the extent of the Raid Redemption, but there are creative fight scenes that are in Gareth Evans' Gangs of London because of the fact that he has that experience from the Raid Redemption. And if everybody gets a chance to check out, again, the, I'm going to give IGN a plug. They did a nice video talking with Gareth Evans about a scene that's in the series this year from Gangs of London that's based off of a great fight scene that's in it and the things that they use, the, the creative ways that they use household objects into the mix so i mean you got to give this a shot man because it and also i would do want to go ahead and tell you if you see gangs of london and you only want to stick to it for five minutes let it be the first five minutes because it draws you in that first five minutes with one of the best opening shots i've ever seen most creative shots i've ever seen the rest of the show i saw the episode was pretty good i enjoyed it so it has its niche so I'm curious to go ahead and see what happens continuously with the series as it comes out episode by episode here in the States. But yes, my friend, I do recommend Gangs of London because I've liked what I've seen so far. Okay, I'll, I'll check it out. I mean, it's, I'm intrigued by it because as you know, like I'm a fan of Gangs of New York and the Guy Ritchie films. So I mean, those are two of my favorite types of things. So yeah, I mean, it definitely sounds like something I could get into. Where can I watch this? Well, like I said, it's on AMC, AMC Plus. I think Cinemax still has a setup. And then if somehow out overseas, you know, it has access to Sky Television. I believe that Sky Television still has some type of capability to go ahead and show off the series. I think even though the series, I think, has already been played on Sky Television in the UK. But Gareth Evans, Gangs of London, AMC, if you get a chance here in the States... I think it'll be really worth your watch if you get a chance to see it. I'll check it out and I'll, I'll get back to you with my thoughts. We can chat. What are your thoughts on Gangs of London presented and directed and written by Gareth Evans? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Coming up next, it's our fall gaming preview right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Coming soon, Zero Cool Films presents Action Figure Adventure. Super collector Jay Bartlett hits the road once again in search of action figures, most iconic and noteworthy and rare figures, all in the name of creating the most ultimate action figure auction ever. He fronts the cash that charity benefits in the end. What will he get? How will he get it? And how well will he do? Find out November 1st, 2020. Thanks for coming back to us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you get a chance, go ahead and reach out to us at Pop Culture Cosmo on Twitter or check out the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every day right on Facebook. You can like and follow us there on Facebook. Not only will you see our Facebook Live videos, which not only we do of Pop Culture Cosmos, show the Lakers fast break, inside sports fantasy football there, but also our great gaming streams, not only video game streams, but also... We show off some great Dungeons and Dragons streams every Monday and almost every Tuesday as well. So hopefully you get a chance to check that out. You can always look at our back library of videos. You want to go ahead and check it out today, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Well, my friend, before we uh, talk video games, do you want to go ahead and get your gaming fingers ready? Because we're going to be talking fall gaming here right now. 
Let's do it. I've been practicing. We've been hitting up that old, sorry, I'm like trying to match my thumbs here, uh, on Games Pass, you know, playing some of those sweet, sweet free ones, you know? There you go. Absolutely. And there's not a war to be talking about here when it comes to Xbox and PlayStation, because obviously there's a console war again that's going to break out here in, in the not too distant future. And we'll talk about that here coming up in a few minutes. But first off, October really kicks off the fall gaming slate for us. And what just came out this week was for the limited time for all you Nintendo Switch owners out there, Super Mario Brothers 35. That is the 35 player multiplayer for the Nintendo Switch. And I'm telling you right now, if you get a chance, it looks very fun. I hope you get a chance to go ahead and play it because this is part of their 35th anniversary tribute to Super Mario himself. So I wanna hear your thoughts. Are you interested, Josh, in Super Mario Brothers 35? Because you can only buy it and download it for a limited amount of time. I think till March or April of next year. You know, it's weird to me. I, I don't know why Nintendo keeps doing these like limited releases, right? Because Mario 3D All-Stars is another one that's going to be taken off shelves come March. So whether they're like trying to create a demand for their products or if it's just because they're Nintendo and they can, you know, here, you I think it's a little bit release, of each because, I mean, you could probably release a game like Mario 3D All-Stars and sell it for like one hundred and twenty dollars and people would still pay for it just because it's a Nintendo product. So, you know, back to Mario 35. Yeah, it's something. I was going to download, I just, you know, I was thinking about that earlier today, something I do want to download and try, and this is going to make me sound really unpopular, I never liked those old Mario games very much, like I played them, you know, when I went to friends' houses, or like my dentist had it, they were fun, but I mean, they weren't like Sonic to me, you know, they moved really slow, whereas like Sonic was a super fast-paced game, and I just... got sucked in by all the advertising scene in the documentary, which we highly recommend, Console Wars. I just like I was a Sega kid, you know, and like my friends had Nintendo. I was like, oh, that's cool, but it's not Sega, you know. So that was I was already I was tainted by Sega growing up. Well, the console wars got you. Did you check out the CBS All Access documentary yet? I haven't had a chance. I'm going to. I am going to. But like I keep thinking about this or I have thought about this is the fact that like I didn't know there was a console war going on when I was a kid, you know? So it's just like my parents bought me a Sega. That's what I played. You know, I enjoyed playing Nintendo. I enjoyed Mario, but I just never, it was not like my go-to, you know? So that being said, yes, I I do want to play it. I do want to try it just to see what it's like, but it's probably not going to be something I'm going to be like sticking with for a while. What about you though? Do you have any interest in playing it? I do. I do very much so because I, I do have a, Always a soft spot in my heart for Mario. I will tell you, my friend, though, when it comes back to the console wars, if people get a chance, check out the interview I had with Blake J. Harris and Jonah Tulis, the directors of console wars. And I directly thanked you on the air, by the way, when I was speaking to them for introducing me to the book console wars that Blake J. Harris wrote, which you can still get today at, at Amazon and Barnes and Noble while you're buying. Congratulations. You stuck, by the way. And I will tell you that I enjoyed the Console Wars documentary very much. And if people get a chance, please check it out, CBS All Access, and also the book as well. So, yeah, just a cheap plug there. But I wanted to go ahead on with my thoughts on Mario. Yeah, it's to me, this is a great celebration. They throw Mario out there. It's always going to make Nintendo steady money. And we're going to be talking about Mario here coming up in a few minutes with another Mario-themed release coming up here later in the month. But I wanted to ask you this, 
Next major thing that came out, and it just came out this past weekend, was Star Wars Squadrons. I know Marcus and I talked about it on the Friday show, but I wanted to hear your thoughts. Star Wars Squadrons, obviously the price right there, $40. It was really surprising, but a very well-received story campaign, a multiplayer, which seems to be something that they put a lot of time and care in. And it looks like it's going to be overall a very solid game, which is the second straight victory for EA when it comes to Star Wars after Star Wars Fallen Order. So I want to hear your thoughts on Star Wars Squadrons, which just came out this past weekend. I have never been a fan of like flight sims. And I remember I did play Rebel Assault on PlayStation when it came out and I played Star Wars Jedi Starfighter, I think it was called on the Xbox. At first, I was really on the fence about this game. Like it looked cool, but it's just it's not my style of game. But then I started watching some videos of it and it looks really cool. So it is something that I am interested in playing. I haven't picked up a copy yet. I'm trying to get through a couple things I'm playing right now. But, you know, when I have a break come Thanksgiving, you know, I I got that week off as a a, uh, teacher. That might be something that I want to sit down and play. Oh, uh, you're actually you going to pick... be telling people out there you're grading papers. <laughs> that's what you want to tell people. A uh, little bit of both, maybe. Who knows? Is this something that's like on your queue right now? It is on my queue. I'm very interested. Yeah, but like you, I'm, I've got reviews left and right of products I still have to finish first and things I got to catch up on writing-wise as far as catching up for popculturecosmos.com. And of course, the NBA Finals still going on. There's so much on our plate right now that it's really hard to say, you know what, I'm going to drop everything and go Star Wars Squadrons. But I'm surprised, man. 40 bucks, which is an almost unheard of price for something that is perceived to be a big league game. And to do it well, and it isn't just a throwaway, is really a big win for EA. EA is trying a little bit better after the years of being called the worst company in America for year and year and year out. I'm just really surprised at the positive direction that they're trying to understand. Yeah, sure, they're still doing microtransactions on some stuff and with some games and FIFA. They're still can't get things right and and things of that nature. But you know what? With Star Wars Squadrons, after the fiasco of the Battlefronts and how that was dealt with, I think this is definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, again, like it looks really cool. It's a very like visceral game. You know, even everything about it, like you see the way you're flying through space, everything going on in the cockpit. Like it's all very active. It's not what, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like pixely, you know, yeah. like games, games like that style used to be. And because of that, like it really kind of draws my interest. And I don't know like what pulls in other people, but it is something that has made me really want to pick up a copy and give it a try. Coming out this week, is FIFA 21 on the 9th. Obviously, that's going to be a big worldwide game. A lot of people are still interested in that. They had a little bit of controversy with advertisements they put in a kid's magazine in regards to step two, where they were talking about getting the packs and getting things of that nature, which obviously is a very sore subject when it comes to microtransactions and putting money into something that you would go ahead and getting a randomized thing so you're not sure, which is kind of like a crude form of gambling. So, yeah, that wasn't received well. It still has those issues that you have to go ahead and and buy and purchase all this extra stuff after purchasing the game. But then again, that's the industry now that we speak. But I expect FIFA 21 to be at the heights of the sales charts worldwide when it comes to video games because it's been there so many years now. And this is something I saw coming many years ago. I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I'm patting myself on the back when I say this. 
that this is something that a lot of people were just saying, you know what, it's going to be mad. It's going to be mad for EA. Now, FIFA is something that they now consider to be one of their top, if not their top series in their arsenal. You know, as far as like FIFA and microtransactions go, I've talked to a lot of people who really love that series. And to me, like they are, you know, in our conversations, they have said the microtransactions suck. But I mean, I have found myself buying them just because like I love the game so much and I like to customize my team when I play online. And I totally understand that. I mean, I, I FIFA has never been like, I don't know, like it's not one of those games where you have microtransactions that let you actually like be better. It's all aesthetics. So, I mean, EA is, you know, they've, they've kind of been a little uh, smug when it comes to microtransactions. But I think with like a game like FIFA, it could be okay. But again, you know, I'm not a huge fan of that franchise. That being said, though, I do really admire the franchise, right? Just because it's taken a sport like soccer and it is a beautiful game. I mean, we've seen it when we've been to E3. We've seen it during some of like the Gamescon stuff. Like it is a very very beautiful game it's not something that i am like in line to play but i do see why people are enamored by it coming out the next week mr nhl fan is nhl 21 right after it shout out to my friend Corey gatter who was with me on so many episodes of game source way back in the day but i remember him just loving NHL each and every time out and I'm sure he's going to be picking up and for all those fans there's a nice base of fans that love NHL 21 and for those fans out there NHL 21 is coming out on the 16th of October also coming out on the 16th of October is again another Mario themed product but this is kind of different this is going to be Mario Kart Live Home Circuit this is something I, I checked out the video, which Nintendo's video had an overview of this already. This is going to be something that comes with an actual physical cart, either Mario or Luigi. It comes with basically a track that you set up via four checkpoints that you make along the road. And you can design it pretty much how you want. You have to make sure you have to have a hard floor. First off, you can't be doing this on carpet. You're going to be going nowhere. You got to have a certain space to do it too, but it's bringing in that augmented reality as far as you downloading the game onto your Switch. You're basically guiding this cart against augmented enemies. And also, you can go ahead and race against other people, up to four people, but they have to have Switches as well and the four cars. So it's about $99.99, a little bit pricier than most games. But again, you're getting a physical cart and the game. It's an interesting concept. There's some variations to it as far as the themes and the and the different types of race modes. Mainly the track configuration, which you make yourself based off of the four checkpoints is the key right there. So I want to hear your thoughts on this augmented reality game, Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. So it's funny you mentioned this. This is something that you know I have been asked to inquire about as Christmas. <laughs> By who, um, I may ask? <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the boss lady, you know. So I went into GameStop and was trying to see if I could pre-order them. They had such very limited pre-orders for these. And they said it's expected to be like a hot holiday item. So they're like, hey, come back on October 16th and we'll probably have some in store. Or we know that our warehouse will be stocked with a lot of this because we're expecting to sell a lot. So, yeah. you know, if you're someone who wants this game, you should probably go line up on the 16th when the game comes out. As for your question about how I see this game, it sounds really cool. You know, I've been reading some reviews. The big complaint I hear about is that, like, you have to actually go set up your own track. And I, I'm 
thinking that if that's the reason people are complaining, we've got some other issues we have to address because that's the whole fun of the game is the fact that like it is augmented reality. You're making your own track. And the one negative thing about this is say you give this gift to a kid that doesn't know how to use a remote control car, you're going to run into a situation where like as a parent, you're going to have to go and constantly be putting that car back onto the track. That's the only downside I can see it about has this an game. Assist feature that, though that supposedly yeah, but, keeps it on track. Supposedly, you know, you look at Mario Kart like on Nintendo sixty four Switch or, or what, wherever you played it, you always have the cloud right that has the, the fishing pole that like fishes you out of whatever situation you ended up on. So you don't have something like that. But I think that the game is really cool. It looks really cool. I've watched video of it. I've read about it. I am really fascinated. It is something that I would absolutely love to play. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do do people still use dials? If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library, and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. We're back with our fall gaming preview. Want to go ahead and thank everyone for listening. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford along with my good friend Josh Peterson. Want to ask you this, my friend. Coming up the next week, speaking of Nintendo, because... I'll tell you what, they're being very smart about it. And you know me, I've bashed Nintendo over the years on a lot of things, but I've also praised them on a lot of things as well. And with the Switch, they're hitting everybody hard with not only the Mario stuff that 35th anniversary, not only with Mario Kart Live, but now the week after hitting you with Pokemon, with Pokemon Sword and Shield on the 22nd. This is an expansion. It's going to be Pokemon Sword and Shield, the Crown Tundra. I mean, that hits you right up right there. Yeah. Nintendo is going to be dominating as far as sales are concerned, at least with a great measure of this, because they're adding that Crown Tundra in there to freshen up a game that's already been out quite some time. I think they're doing it at the right time. So isn't it crazy how everyone is so concerned? I mean, I myself included about, you know, Nintendo's lack of announcements. You know, and then they announced like four or five titles that could be interesting you know mario 3d all-stars hyrule warriors sequel coming out the mario kart game the pokemon expansions and all they really need is two or three big titles to kind of dominate the holiday market and it's funny how that happens because you have all this like absolute chaos on the side of uh, microsoft and sony and nintendo all they got to do is release two or three games and that's going to be what people want for christmas Coming out the week after is Watch Dogs Legion, which I know you said you had some interest in. So that comes out on the 29th. That's the last major game of the month, in my opinion, at this point in time. So I want to hear your thoughts, unless you consider Pikmin 3 Deluxe going to be a solid seller, which could be under the radar for the Switch. But I want to hear your thoughts on Watch Dogs Legion. Is it turning out to be the game you think it will be? Yeah, I think so. I know they're bringing back the main pro tag from Watch Dogs 1 is going to be featured in the game somehow. And I I think one of the other characters from Watch Dogs 1 is going to be in it also. This is a game where like I do want to play it. I probably won't be able to play it till November just because I don't have the time right now to invest in a game of that magnitude. 
I am interested in playing it. I, I will pick it up. I just don't know when I'll get around to like actually sitting down and focusing on the game, especially because Assassin's Creed's coming out. And I'm like super interested in that one. But yes, I am interested. To answer your question, I'm sorry. I am interested in playing Watch Dogs 3 Legion. Well, there you go. That's pretty much October as far as the major releases there. There are obviously going to be some kits as well that will be part of it. And we'll go ahead. If there's anything that really needs to be talked about, we'll be talking about coming up here over the next month. But November is really going to be a big month. It's probably one of the biggest gaming months in years, not only with title releases, but obviously you have two consoles being released at the same point in time within two days of each other. So I want to hear your thoughts, man, coming up. We're going to start the month with November 10th and Assassin's Creed Valhalla because November 10th is going to be a big day because there's a console release on that day with, I believe, the Xbox series coming out on the 10th and then the PlayStation thereafter. But Assassin's Creed Valhalla, tell me your thoughts on November 10th. Not only may you be picking up a console, but obviously a big game as well. Assassin's Creed Valhalla looks amazing. I don't know if you got a chance to check out that new story trailer, but it looks like it's a setting that's similar to what the original Assassin's Creed was, but it's more familiar because, you know, we've all seen like the Vikings show and just a lot of the documentaries. So yes, my big question here now is that, you know, I'm going to definitely going to try to get an Xbox Series X on November 10th, but am I going to end up playing it on Xbox One or Xbox Series X? I guess it depends on if I get the console. But there's a lot of games that are coming out right around that time. And probably the biggest of them all will be Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Of the games that are coming out right around that time, I mean, because you're going to be seeing a lot of PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series games that are coming that we've seen before for, you know, on previous systems. But of the big games, November 13th is also going to be a big day because Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, just after these consoles get released, Call of Duty Cold War comes out to consoles. Yes, this is a Call of Duty that might make me want to go back and play Call of Duty again. Zombies just, was just think announced it, last week. Yeah. So this is a game I do want to play. It's not something I'm going to be running out to get on launch day, though. I just It's Call of Duty. It'll be around when I want it to be. I think there are more pressing games coming out, but I know that there is a big audience and a lot of people who are going to play this. So I respect that. Absolutely. It's going to be something that might get me back into the Call of Duty series. I know Marcus has been trying to draw me in because he's getting back into it for the first time in several years. He was a competitive Call of Duty player, and he's getting back into it. He's getting his friends back into it. He talked about at length the zombies and how much he wants to go ahead and start playing that again on Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. I'm looking forward to the story and playing through it, and of course the multiplayer as well. So Call of Duty Black Ops, Cold War. If we've got any money left over after buying a system, if we buy a system, we might have to spend it on Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Coming up the rest of the month, there's still one more big, big, big title. And I'm sorry to all Kingdom Hearts fans, it's not Melody of Memory. It is Cyberpunk 2077 as the major release left on the slate, and that is coming out November 19th, so about eh, about a week, a little over a week after you have your brand new Xbox Series S or Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5, you'll be able to go ahead and buy Cyberpunk 2077, but fear not, it'll be on every major system, including PS4 and Xbox One as well. So I want to hear your thoughts. 
this is something that we've really been gearing up for. It's been a lot of hype for this game. Obviously, the success of The Witcher 3 for the parent company and the parent studio is something that we need to take into account. So what are your aspirations for Cyberpunk 2077? I'm excited about it. This is a game that we've been talking about for years. It is a game that has already garnered praise, even though it hasn't been released yet. And this is a game that people who haven't played games in a long time are excited to get back into and play. So, Keanu yes, Sans, Keanu Sans. Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely excited about it. The big question here is we're getting closer and closer. Is it going to get pushed back again? It still could happen. I don't think so. I don't think so because we're not dealing with something that right now is the same in the effect as the theaters and movies and, and all that video on demand and the uncertainty of it all. Gaming has never been higher in 2020 as far as revenue is concerned. So people are buying games a lot more digitally. So I think if it does get delayed, it's out of wanting to go ahead and do, it's out of necessity. But I have a feeling they're in crunch time and I'm feeling they've already delayed this once. I think it was a September release, if I'm not mistaken. I think that they're going to go ahead and stick to this landing in November, and I think they're going to make it right. Although, you know, if I'm proven wrong, I'll just go ahead and say it on the air. I was proven wrong. But I want to go ahead and say this right now, that I think Cyberpunk 2077 most likely will be coming out on November 19th, right in the midst of a new console generation launch. And I'll tell you what, it's going to be something that's probably going to be one of the most analyzed games of the year. I'll say, I don't say it's going to be the best game of the year or best games of the year. I will say it's one of the most analyzed games. I wanted to go ahead before we head on out, my friend. And as we close out our fall gaming preview, I wanted to revert back a week to November 10th and November 12th. And you and I are going to be touching on this again on at least more than one occasion. But before we head on out on our fall gaming preview, I want to hear your thoughts on the console generation that's starting up on November 10th with Xbox series S at 299 Xbox Series X at 499 and PlayStation 5 at 399 and 499 respectively. Uh, I think that both companies like kind of messed up by not creating more product. You know, they have such little product and you know, we're going to have another conversation about this on another time but with, with like scalping. So they created this thing where like a few people got it some scalpers got it, but they've created this scenario where there's so many people scalping pre-orders online that the people who actually want to buy these consoles and play them won't be able to because they won't be able to afford them. Because you go on eBay right now and like the cheapest one's like $1,800. So I think both companies messed up by not creating enough for their customer base. And who knows when these will be readily available. Some people think that the Xbox will be available sometime in the holiday season and you know people think that playstation won't be available to like february march of next year so i mean this has definitely created a problem and i just hope that they are able to remedy this before these consoles come out well i've told you during our private conversations that you know i'm not going to be hypocrite when it comes to scalping if somebody's going to make a dollar off it in these days and ages especially now what are you going to do? What are you going to say? It's We live in a capitalistic society here in America. It's up to the individual that wants to buy it at that price. I tried to sell off my PlayStation 3 that I originally bought the day it came out, and I've spent almost $800 on it, and then with shipping, it would have cost me over $1,000. So I actually had a auction up for eBay that I was going to go ahead and, and sell it, but I, I didn't hit the reserve price that I wanted to. 
And so just decided, you know what, instead of going and shipping out and costing me a ton of money because it was a really heavy system, I'm just going to go ahead and keep it. And uh, I was satisfied with it. I, I got to play a lot of games with it. And I've told you about my history with the PlayStation 3 in the past, but I'm not going to be a hypocrite. You know, scalpers are right now, if you want it, you're going to go ahead and buy it. But if you want to wait, it's probably the best thing to do. Even wait a couple weeks. They'll get replenishments in. I know supplies will be limited in some form or fashion, but during the Christmas holiday season, there should be ways in which people should be able to get it. It's not going to be as scarce, I think, after its initial run. So if anybody wants to pay $1,800 for an Xbox Series, my gosh, you must really want it that bad. I do want to revisit the scalping. They have a lot more to say on that. Yeah, I mean... I hope so. I just hope that it is going to be available. I don't know how soon they're going to be phasing out the Xbox One games and PS4 games, but like I hope that it is going to be available for people by the time they start phasing those out. I'm going to say this, Josh. Two things. Xbox and PlayStation, not only, like you said, messed up with the pre-orders, messed up with the availability of the units initially, but also messed up the fact that they really have no... I got to get it because it's an exclusive game only to the PlayStation 5 Xbox Series scenario. They don't really have an exclusive game to that platform, to that generation yet, that makes you want to say, I got to get it specifically for that. So they don't really have any launch titles outside of games that you can get on the older systems that's really going to say, you know what, I got to get it. So that's a fault to both of them as well. They were just in such a hurry to release these consoles, they didn't put emphasis on the games themselves which is very disappointing but i will say that xbox with the purchase of bethesda and all that they're doing to set up for this next generation is as prepared to be as competitive as they can in this marketplace whether or not they win this next console generation that's ultimately up to the consumers out there but i can say without hesitation that if there's any point in time in any console generation that Xbox is most prepared to win it or be competitive in it, then I'd say now. Yeah, I mean, I again, like I just hope that they're available for people that want them. I feel like we're the the beginning of the console race outside of like purchasing the initial console. I feel like it'll really like actually start in 2021 when all the exclusive games start coming out. Yeah, and that's really when uh, a lot of people will be interested. Are we going to go ahead and get one early? Josh is leaning on it. I'm back on the fence, so we'll see if opportunity strikes. You never know. You never know. But it is a new console generation happening on November 10th and November 12th with the Xbox Series units and also the PlayStation 5. What are your thoughts on our fall gaming preview? Which games and consoles are you interested in getting this fall? We would love to hear your thoughts as part of our fall gaming preview, Pop Culture Cosmos at yahoo.com well my friend it's been a great episode i cannot thank you enough for joining me you've got marcus de la garza sitting in the big chair for you on friday show but before we head on out my friend i gotta tell you i have read a few pages of congratulations you suck finally that's always my shot at you when i say that friendly though is so far i will say this i don't want to give any spoilers away out there but i will say Without a doubt, it's a very introspective and very personal story. It bleeds through. And just because I know you, I've known you now since 2015. For you, that's been unfortunate, I know. And what I know of you, I know this has to be your most personal story you've ever written. 
Yeah, yeah, man. It. I think that's one of the reasons it took me so long to finally get it all out there. But there was a lot of hesitation, you know, to put some things into that book. It, granted, it's highly fictionalized. You know, a lot of it, it, it's just at the core of it is stuff like from my own experiences and stuff that I feel. But yeah, man, it, it was a book that, I don't know, it was a story that I felt needed to be told. It wasn't something I was just doing for attention. It's something that I felt compelled to do. Although if there's a section in your book that deals with a loudmouth co-host podcaster that you really don't like, want to undermine, I'm leaving. <laughs> no, no, you're, you're good, man. You're good. That's for the next book. Okay, sounds good. That's fair enough. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos. Thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great Fans of podcast, I am Rusted Robot. Rusted Robot is seven feet tall. Yes, I've heard. Episodes in the hundreds with pop culture reviews and geek style news. I am Rusted Robot Podcast. You have come here for geek. Will you listen? Listen? For free? No, we will run and we will live. Aye, run and you'll live. And dying in your beds many years from now. Would you be willing to trade all those days and come back here for just one more listen? They may take our lives, but they'll never take our Rusted Robot Podcast. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network Podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.